This is the Pathways to Greatness podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Forrester. What if you were able to collapse time on learning all the valuable success life skills that you've learned over the past 10, 20, 30 years. Well, at Highlight Coaching and Consulting, that's exactly what we do. We focus on coaching teens and young adults the valuable success life skills that we've all had to figure out over decades of our life. Our mission statement at Highlight is, it's our mission to equip youth with an undeniable sense of clarity and direction that inspires a lifetime of confidence, resilience, and continuous improvement. We offer in-person and virtual options to our one-on-one private coaching, as well as group coaching. And after working with a coach from Highlight, our clients have a better understanding of their mission, their vision, their values for their life, and a higher proficiency in the skills of time, task, and distraction management, just to name a few. So the other thing that's great about Highlight is we have multiple coaches that you and your young person can choose from because a connection is so important and building trust is where it all begins. So if you're looking to help your teen and your young adult get further in life a lot faster, reach out to Highlight Coaching and Consulting today. The information is in the show notes below. Hello, hello. All right. So on today's episode of Pathways to Greatness, I have Jeff Hagee. And I came across Jeff through, again, multiple connections, but it all started with old Chip Baker. I love that guy. He is a dedicated connector. And when he meets somebody, he makes sure that he goes through his Rolodex and figures out, okay, who can benefit from this relationship? And so I want to encourage you to do the same thing. Don't sit idly by when you know that there's two people within your network that should meet one another. Constantly look for ways to connect other people and add values. All right, enough of that. I've rambled. So today's episode, Jeff shares a tremendous amount of great information, not only of his of his past, but also what he's doing and how he helps um, entrepreneurs and student athletes manage through some of the difficulties that they face, or just how to process some of these things. And that's setting goals, understanding uh, the mindset. A perspective of entrepreneurship as well as being an athlete. So it goes on and on. And one of the really cool acronyms that he shares is WIN, what's important now. You can't change what's already happened. So it's really a good way to win is to focus on what is important now and then move towards that. So I'm not going to steal anymore and continue to ramble from the episode, but um, everybody, Jeff Hagee. My whole family's been going through a cough, so hopefully I don't have that too bad. Oh, it is what it is, because I, it'll be surprising that the cat doesn't walk across the desk. It doesn't. It there's no telling what's going to happen. So it's funny every <laughs> time I good. do these, and I'll do them at different times of the day. It always seems that somebody's outside my window blowing off the driveway. But today they're not supposed to be here. So, 
it's it's insane it's like are you just standing there for 45 minutes using the, the blower but anyways well jeff well, thank cool. you for awesome. for joining me today i'm excited you bet so am i glad to be here and glad to get on this with you yeah yeah well everybody this is jeff hagee and i met him through it's a long twisted tale i guess it's not that long but it's through tammy Matheny, who i met her through chip baker and it's just a wonderful connection that these episodes continue to have more and more of these type um, influences and i love it and it, this is the reason why social media is great when you curate it for what you want and what you need out of it and don't just mindlessly go through it what are your thoughts yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you just mentioned two people that have been an amazing part of my life, and that's exactly my connection with them. Um, people introducing me, getting to know them through social media, learning from what they're doing, what they're posting, and the connections I've made because of those two people have been outstanding. Like the the quality of people they've introduced me to has been awesome. And you know, both, both Tammy and Chip and so many others, I've learned so much from over the last few years, just because of the connections I've made that way. Yeah. I want to encourage everybody that's listening today is if you're following social media and you've struck up a friendship with one person and you're following somebody else that you feel has the same vibe and connection, just be proactive and just connect to the two people and what happens will happen. And you never know it could be end up like Jeff and I sitting here. We've had what, two or three calls already. And then here we are recording a podcast and, and I see a long future ahead as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, it is, you know, there, there's so much, I, I was asked actually to speak at an event a little while ago and it was for entrepreneurs and they were asking, you know, what's, what's the most important part of business and to me it's the relationships the networking because that's what that's what business is that's what life is it's who you're developing the relationships with what you can give to those relationships and how you can both grow and foster from them yeah for sure well before we get started jeff i always like to do something fun so are you ready to play would you rather Sure. That scares me a bit, but yeah, let's do it. Okay. Cause you really, you don't have a choice just so you know, if you want to continue, you don't okay. have a choice. So I guess I should stop asking, are you ready? Um, okay. Would you rather freeze time or go back in time? You know what? That that's, that's a great question. I, I'd rather go back in time. I would rather go back in time um, because I think there is, a lot of opportunities that I missed because I wasn't being proactive on some of those things. Yeah. And, and I had somebody else share that I really liked because I always think about correcting things or, you know, looking at missed opportunities or kicking myself in the butt, just whatever it could be. And I've had several people, even young people, since you and I both, we, we work with young people that they stated that they would like to go back in time to experience the great times that they had. <clears throat> if it was a special occasion, something that just stood out to them as just a fantastic memory that they wanted to go back and relive that. And I, I loved that growth mindset. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that that's, 
it, it it's nice if you can say, you know, I never live with regrets. Everything's done for a purpose. And, and, you know, I even look at some of the failures and mistakes that I've made and I, I wouldn't necessarily take them back because of what they led to. But I think there's always opportunities to grow from them, learn from them. Um, you know, I've had some failures that were hard that I, I definitely wish I never went through. But at the same time, I, I can't take them back because it changes so much that happened after that. I agree 100%. Okay, the next one. Would you rather live without music or TV? That's a tough one because I don't do a lot of either of them. <laughs> I, I I would probably say music because I, I do probably watch. I don't watch a lot of TV, but I do watch more TV than listen to music. Okay. I appreciate now, your now, honesty. Now, There's audible your... audible books and stuff like that. Let's not let's not get rid of those. Yeah. So <laughs> would you rather listen to a book or read a book? Personally, I'd rather read a book, but I'm also the guy that my, my kids think I'm weird because I work out in the gym in the morning listening to books not music um so I I do love listening to books and but the thing is if I listen to one that I really love I buy it and go and read it yeah I I do podcasts typically when I'm working out whether it's running or working out and everybody my whole family thinks I'm weird anyway so it's okay <laughs> <laughs> um okay I'm with you I would rather live without music all right the next one would you rather have the superpower of flight or strength? These are tough questions. Um, I, I think I would go with flight. I just think that would be amazing. I, th I think I would really love that. What part of flying that like makes you smile? Because you're it, those of you who can't see it, which everybody can't because I don't put these on YouTube. What What makes you smile so big when you think of flight? I, I just think the freedom, you know, the freedom and I mean, even from, you know, Michael Jordan perspective, <laughs> I think when, when you said that at first, that's the first thing I think of is, well, flight, that's Jordan. <laughs> but, you know, in, in the true sense of flight, just the freedom of being able to get up there and have that freedom to go where you want. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. That when you said Jordan, that's that's one of the things. <laughs> that I've always wanted to be able to do is to dunk like that. And just the feeling of that has to be the best. It, and you know, I, I, I did so much of it when I was young. And then when I got past the six foot rim, it just never happened for me. <laughs> I know. It's like, I'm tall, but I can, my, my vertical leap, I can jump high enough to get a piece of paper under my feet. That's about the extent of my vertical <laughs> There you go. <laughs> My my best my best basketball memories are probably the ones that were in the in our basement. <laughs> right on the little nerf hoop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Would you rather have pizza or tacos? Tacos. Okay. What kind? Hard tacos. Just really simple, just uh ground beef, lettuce, and um salsa. Okay. Do you have a place and in cheese? <laughs> You have a place nearby that you love to have tacos from? You know what? Um, there, there's actually so many. Now that we live here in Arizona, there are so many good Mexican restaurants. I love them. Um, there's a place right across the road called Morano's that really good. Yeah, I, I, it's 
you know, Mexican food is one of those things. And I guess it's more Tex-Mex than actual Mexican food. I, I just love right. it. And I have zero self-control, you know, when I'm eating chips and salsa, cause I'll be on three baskets and un- can't understand why I'm full and don't feel good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I have no control. Okay. Jeff, thank you for that. Um, so everybody, this is Jeff Hagee, um, like I had shared. And what I want to do is before I get you to share your background with the audience so they get a, a good understanding of, of who you are, is I started the Pathways to Greatness podcast. One is <clears throat> I fought it all the time, but I, I started thinking about how the disservice that I would be having on the world if I didn't have this podcast to be able to share stories like yours with people that everybody has a different definition of greatness. So people need to understand that their definition can be different and probably is different than someone else, and that's okay. And then also that everybody's pathway to greatness is not linear. You shared about it earlier. We have failures, we have challenges, we have obstacles that you have to um, overcome on your path to greatness. I also don't think that you can ever really achieve greatness. It's the process that involves greatness in my opinion um and i just want to you know again share your story and other people's story so people just don't quit that they persevere they continue to move on because there's going to be time when you're not motivated but you have to have the discipline to continue on and not quit so um, that's what i wanted to share so that way if you bring people into the network that i don't know and then other people don't know you then they at least have a good idea of what what we're going to talk about today um, so what I'd like to get from you, Jeff, is a little bit of your background of, of who you are and what you're doing today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, you made some great points there. So I, I'm definitely excited to talk more about this. Um, my background is I graduated from college with a major in entrepreneurship, um, had an opportunity to go work at a bank at that time. I actually turned it down because at the time I was a professional rodeo cowboy and I just figured that's all I was going to do the rest of my life is go rodeo and be on the road. Um, but eventually the whole idea of, you know, having a family, being a responsible father and husband kind of kicked into. And so later on, I did end up going back to that bank, um, continuing as a, at the same time as a professional rodeo cowboy. But through that banking experience, um, it, it was really cool because in my position, I got to work with entrepreneurs all day. Um, I ended up leaving that um, opportunity at the bank a few years later to go start my own manufacturing company, which I ran for 16 years, started that in 2005 and ran it for 16 years. Um, And then from there, also got, did a lot of mentoring and coaching on the entrepreneurial side. But at the same time, in addition to um, being a cowboy, I was also a basketball coach um coached at a lot of different levels high school level for the most part of it and had the opportunity to coach all the way from my daughter from a young age all the way through her senior year of high school and then have actually had the opportunity to coach with her since then and so I've always been involved in athletics um always loved following my kids in their athletic journeys um whether it was football basketball whatever it was but have always had a passion to work with athletes as well. And that's how I ended up getting connected with Tammy Matheny is 
with both the athletic um, coaching I was doing, plus the entrepreneurial coaching I was doing, I was doing a lot of research and work on the mental game. And I got connected with Tammy and I've learned so much from her. And um, it's just turned into a really cool opportunity where we ended up working together. We've created a program called the Confident Athlete Program. And it's awesome. I get to work with athletes every single day, helping them develop their mental game. You know, the the mental game is such an interesting part of athletics because, you know, we all think of, I want to be a great athlete and I work on the physical game, but the mental game is just as important. So it's really cool opportunity to work with athletes from that perspective. And so that brings me to where I am today. Today, I um, work with athletes, work with entrepreneurs. Um, we have a real estate um, investing part of our business and teach that to a lot of our um students and stuff so yeah doing a lot of really fun things that sounds like a, a ton and like you said the mental performance there's no question that it transfers not just from your athletes but your entrepreneurs i stepped out from my my i guess salary job two years ago and i had a friend tell me he's like it's not it's not the grind it's not the money it's not any of that that you have to worry about it's the ups and downs of the mental side of you know the days that nobody calls you back the months that there aren't any checks there's all these things that just are challenges that if you're not prepared for they will absolutely crush you yeah absolutely and you know i even talk to my athletes about that all the time you know the things mm -hmm. that we're teaching you right now obviously we're teaching you focused on your sport on you being an athlete but these are the same principles and concepts that are going to be with you the rest of your life and i even look at you know, a lot of my core principles and values and stuff that I value strongly are things that I learned from coaches and teams and, and stuff like that. So even, even last week, I was trying to teach one of my entrepreneurs a concept on something specific. And I said, you know what, I've got a video I'm going to share with you. Now, just as, as you go through the video, replace yourself everywhere I'm talking about athletes. It was a video of training that I did for my athletes but it fit his situation perfectly. Sure. And it's the transferable skills you shared earlier that the, the mental things that you're teaching these student athletes will transfer over into every aspect of their life for sure. Yeah. So absolutely. what would you say your definition of greatness is? You know, um, I think a lot of that comes from fulfillment you know, because we've all got our goals, we've all got in our mind, what we're trying to achieve. And when we set goals, you know, it's all it's like the horizon, it's always moving, you know, we, as we get better at something, as we get closer to a goal, we're always setting bigger and bigger goals. And I really like to focus with people on the fulfillment side too. you know, what have you achieved, you know, in in my mindset journals, every day, I have people write out their goals and oftentimes I'll say, you know what, go back six months. What were your goals six months ago that you're writing out every day? And that's when they realize, you know what, I'm, I'm living that dream that I had six months ago. I've, I've achieved all these goals. And I think when we can start looking at those things and realizing that a lot of the goals that we have, we actually are living them, that we have achieved them and we can feel that fulfillment that we are making progress. I think that is where greatness comes in. And I think 
you know, like kind of like what you had said earlier, it's it's more of the journey. And it's what is it that you can achieve and be proud of and feel good about. Now you talked about helping people realize that. And this this topic has actually come up on a couple of recent interviews about the importance of looking back. So talk to the audience and share how you coach someone that is so forward focused because society wants us to always look forward and grind and keep your nose down and keep pushing forward that we forget to do exactly what you said is to look back and to see the progress. How do you help people recognize that and cherish that? You know, that, that is a, a, it's a balancing act, I think, because one of the things I also teach people is, you know, if you're, if you want to achieve this certain goal, act and live from that goal, act as if you've achieved it from that position. But at the same time, reflecting back and looking at what you have done. And I think that's where the fulfillment ties in. Um, You know, I I heard someone talking last week in a training session I was doing, they said success is achievement plus fulfillment. And I think as we look back, because it's easy, a lot of people when when they're looking back, they're not looking at the good stuff. They're looking at their failures. They're looking at all these things they haven't done well on. And I think that's a struggle because when we're focusing on those sort of things and not using them as learning opportunities, growing from them, it's hard to continue to grow if we're just focused on that negative. But if we can look back and one, look at the things that we have achieved, look at the things we haven't been successful at but what did we learn from them how did we grow from them how do we get better from them but then acting and learn living from that position you want to be coming from but I really I mean whether it's journaling whether it's writing down your goals all the time I think it's important to reflect back on what those goals were what you were doing and having those personal celebrations of the successes you've had Mm -hmm. that's and I hope everybody heard what you just said. It's having the personal celebrations. Those things are forgotten. At least the people that I've worked with and spoken to is they just hit the goal and then they're on to the next and they just don't take any time to enjoy the progress and the fulfillment of that goal achievement. To me, if you can attach that feeling to the work that you're having to do, then you're like, I want that again. How do I recreate that feeling? Well, I need to accomplish this goal in this way. And you know what, that, that's a great point. And I love to work, we use visualization a lot. And as I'm working with athletes, I'll talk to them a lot about it. You know, as you're doing your visual, visualization, think of a time in your past where you've had this success, where you've done the things, how did you feel? What were the emotions? Bring all those things back as you're visualizing what you're going to do, what you're trying to accomplish now, because I think that's where it's a real learning opportunity to use those past successes to have future successes. You you spoke about emotions. How do you help people disconnect the negative emotions when they look back and they just want to look at the negatives of where they failed and, oh, look what I did. I can't believe it. And like you said earlier at the beginning, regrets. How do you help people disassociate the negative feeling not to pull them into the well of despair? I think a lot of that is looking back and connecting the dots. 
thoughts and looking at what happened because of that, that was on a positive. You know, I, like I said, I've had my own failures in the past that I wish I hadn't gone through them. But as I connect the dots, what are the good things that came out of it? What did I learn from it? And, you know, let's focus on those parts of it rather than the actual negative event. What did it create that allowed you to grow? What did it, mm. what opportunities or situations came out of it that allowed you to get to where you are or to get you on the path of where you want to go? I have to write that down. Even though I could go back and listen to it, I have to write it down. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just talking this morning to a friend of mine about the, that like my son's football team, they did well early and then lost the last six games. And we were just talking about that. If you win everything and you go undefeated, it's so much harder to learn and to understand the things that need to happen good or bad when there's so much success where this bat batch of challenge and obstacles and defeat, which is awful. I don't care how old you are. Losing is not fun. It does though <laughs> challenge you to grow and to look and evaluate because you're forced to same thing in life is you're forced to do that. And you talked about failures. So when you think of those what were some of the biggest lessons you learned when you looked back at some of your failures that has helped you today? Um, you know, there, there's a lot of, and you know, that's one of the cool things about sports is in sports, you face failure all the time and you've got to learn to bounce back and you've got to learn to adjust and move forward. And that might be, from play to play, that might be from game to game, season to season, whatever you're doing. And so that that's a great thing about sports is you're learning to deal with it because you can't lose a game and then dwell about it for the next week, especially if it's tournament play or something where you're going to be playing again that day. You know, you've got to be able to get past those things. And I, you know, I look at what I consider probably one of my my biggest failures on the business side, I, that company that I told you I started in 2005, I had to shut it down during COVID. Um, there was a lot of things that played into it, but I shut it down and it, it was a hard hit. You know, it wasn't something obviously planned and, you know, it impacted a lot of people. And, you know, you get in those moments where you're like, well, what if I had never even started? What if I stayed in the banking industry? What if I had never moved um to arizona to do this expansion all these different things but then like i said what are the things if i if i had never done those things what else would have never happened mm -hmm. you know even down to i would have never met tammy Athena, i would have never been running the confident athlete program i wouldn't have the son-in-law and grandson i have because they met down here all of these different things but from a business perspective I've had the opportunity to help people do better in their businesses, avoid certain things because of those problems I went through. Um, and, for, you know, it's the same on business, same on athletic side. There's, you know, you talk about, you're talking about your son's football team and the lessons that you can learn. You see a lot of teams, especially at the high school level, they, 
they have those undefeated seasons and they get to the big playoff tournament and stuff and they don't know how to deal with the adversity or Mm. the losses and stuff and be able to bounce back and it's so hard and so sometimes it is like I, I I remember my coaches telling me at one point we had had almost an undefeated season and then we were in a tournament and we lost and they they I remember them I don't remember exactly how they said it but they actually said you know what this is actually good because now you guys can figure out how to deal with this and grow from it and see where your weaknesses are rather than taking this loss when we get into playoffs and so there there's a lot a lot to be learned from those experiences yeah and that like you said earlier that's the beauty of sports and those people who aren't necessarily into athletics think about other areas in your life where you've had challenges similar to this where you've had to um, things have just gone sideways i mean i know that you do real estate i do real estate as well at a moment's notice things are moving forward and then it can just derail for no apparent reason and how you learn from that and how you deal with that is so critically important. And one of the things that I'm learning, I haven't learned or mastered, and I don't think I ever will, will be to manage the emotional side of that. And that's just like we teach people in sports. If you have a bad play, you got to move on because if you have a bad play and you carry that emotion and you ruminate on all the bad things and your self-defeating thought, the next play, it's going to be worse than the last play. And then it's just going to compound. Same thing in life is manage that emotion. Sit in it if you have to. I had it last week and I thought, you know what? I'm not doing anything today. I'm just going to lay on the couch. I watched America's Funniest Home Videos. I'm like, I need something that is just going to make me laugh and get through it. But I was able to manage the emotions of it and be able to say, okay, now that I've calmed down, what can I learn from and how can I do things different? How do you help people start to plan when they've they've hit that, that obstacle, that wall that of, of challenge, and you've you've talked to them about looking back? How do you help them move forward? You know, there and I I'll give Tammy the credit for this. It says it's something I've learned from her as we're working with athletes. And I'm going to give you two things. The first is win. And it's what we teach um, people to do when they're in the middle of competition, whatever they're doing, and something happens like that. And it stands for what's important now. Because as we focus on what just happened, the negative part of it, and, you know, taking, let's use it as a basketball example, you go down and you miss a key shot and you're focused on that miss at the same time, you should be focused on your defense, getting back, doing the right thing. And you see so many people do that. They go make a mistake on offense and then they get a foul on defense. Well, you can't change what already happened. So focus on what you can control. And so when we say what's important now, when, all right, I miss that, can't do anything about it. Now I've got to focus on what's in most important right now, which is defense or whatever it might be. And, you know, I can, t- I can think about those other things later, but that's whether it's business, whether it's sports, whatever, when, when you're hit with that adversity and you can just say to yourself, you know, what's important now and focus on what you can control. That's a big part of it. Now, the other thing 
is, you know, we always talk about positive mental attitude. And especially when I talk with people about visualization, you know, visualize the outcome that you want. And we go through all the different techniques and stuff. But another thing is, even though you want to visualize the positive, visualize the good, there is a key component of why you need to spend some time visualizing the negative outcomes because they are going to happen. And if you don't spend some time visualizing how you will respond, then you're just going to react and reacting often gives you a negative outcome. And so if you can spend your time mostly focusing on that positive outcome that you want, but also, okay, if the negative happens, you know, from sports again, a ref misses a call, a ref makes a bad call, you miss a shot, what are you going to do? Then it's not just a reaction. You already know how to deal with that situation. And so I think it's just as important to, you know, spend some time visualizing that just so you know how you will respond. That's so good. And, you know, again, if you didn't hear it, rewind it, but I'm going to repeat it is visualize and plan for the challenges that you're going to face. So everybody's heard that famous quote from Mike Tyson is everybody has a plan until you get punched in the nose. <laughs> and in my book, I talk about that, that boxers, they know they're going to get hit in the face. They, they study, they know, you know, where it's probably going to come from. And then they react because if it was you or I, and we're just standing there blindly and we get punched in the face, like, wait, I was not planning on that. But these guys are already planning on that. So they know, okay, if I get hit, what do I need to do? How do how am I going to react? And they keep their emotion in check. And so I think it's actually, I know that it's so powerful that you're coaching athletes to think through that, to manage. And like Jeff and I are talking about today is this translates into life as well, is when you're setting goals and you're making a plan, are you planning for the challenges that you're going to face? Because you know you're going to face something. Yes, you can't predict everything. But what happens if it doesn't go as planned? What are you going to go next? Because I am not a fan of, I only have a plan A, there is no plan B. Well, to me, that's poor planning. What are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. Um, because when when plan A doesn't go as you hoped, which <laughs> is often the case, you've got to know how to re redirect and not throw in the towel. I, and I really think that's a, well, I think there's a lot of reasons for it, but I think that's one of the reasons people set their New Year's resolutions and quit on them so soon is because, oh, well, I'm a month into it and I'm already behind schedule. I can't hit that goal and they give up on them. You, If you have the fluidity and flexibility there, it, it's what's going to allow you to still continue and still achieve your goals. So how do you help people create realistic goals? Because that that's a great example that far too often I see people create these New Year's resolutions, and I used to that are just too big and lofty and too like, I'm going to completely change my life come January 1st. And it's just hard to maintain. So how do you people help people create goals? You know, that that's a real interesting. Um, and it's a fun process. And I've actually changed my whole thought process around it a little bit. And I'll share with that share with you why but to start with what I love to do in my goal setting process is what what's referred to as future pacing and i just spend time with them visualizing okay what 
if the next year of your life, everything went perfect, it was the best year of your life, what does that look like? What have you achieved? What are the things that have happened over the next 12 months that made that the best year of your life? And we talk about that and you know, write down that vivid vision of what that is. And then we take that future and say, okay, let's make these your goals. And then from there, you know, we say, okay, if that's the goal in 12 months, what does that mean you have to do month to month to month to make that happen? And then we break each month. We'll say, okay, this is what you've got to accomplish this month. What do you have to do week to week to hit that goal? And then daily. And then that's where my daily accountability calls come in. But the thing that I've changed a little bit about this is my whole thought process around realistic goals. And it started when um, Dr. Benjamin Hardy and Dan Sullivan wrote a book, 10X is Easier Than 2X. And I had the opportunity to do a pre-read before they released that book. And and I actually, on my website, um, I wrote a blog about it before they released it. And that this was one of the areas I said, I'm trying to get my head around this because I don't know how I feel about it yet. But he talked about being at a Joe Polish mastermind event. And Joe Polish had asked the group, how, how are we all going to increase our business by 10% this year? And um, Dr. Alan Bernard raised his hand and basically said, you know, what, that's a terrible question because there's a lot of things we can do that would get that result. And it doesn't allow us to really focus on how are we going to achieve this specific goal? So a much better question would be, how are we going to 10X our question, our, our business? And he talked about it setting impossible goals is what he mm -hmm. referred to them as. And he <clears> said, the reason for the reason that's important is because there's so few things that could actually make that reality. So if you set yourself an impossible goal, how am I going to 10X my business? It's like, okay, what has to be true for that to happen? Mm -hmm. And then they, I mean, they go get into the whole 80-20 rule and basically saying, if you're going to focus on a huge goal like that, you've really got to look at what are the things you're doing. And this is a, an exercise that I love doing with people is just, you know, spend a, Day, spend a week really documenting everything you do and then I sit down with them okay as you've listed out all these things what are the things you're going to eliminate delegate or automate like you're wasting so much time on things that aren't going to help you achieve that goal and so the whole idea behind the 80 20 rule with that is you've got to let go of 80 percent of the things you're doing because only 20 of them are going to help you achieve that goal and so I, I do like obviously it can, if you set too big of an unrealistic goal, you can lose your motivation, lose your drive in trying to achieve it. But that's also the reason, you know, I, I go through a process with my athletes and with my entrepreneurs called seven levels deep to help them determine what their real true why is so mm -hmm. that it's going to help them push through when things get tough. But I like the idea of, you know, what is that big goal and what what do you what has to be true to achieve that what are the things you have to eliminate out of your life what are the things you have to add into your life and i think a big part of it is the whole who not how concept rather than how i'm going to do it who do i need to help me achieve these things is it a specific coach is it a specific partner customer what is it but especially as entrepreneurs we're always like okay how am i going to do this if we can start asking ourselves who can help me do this i think we can progress a lot further.
That is gold. That is absolute gold because you've touched on two of the things that I feel, again, most people miss. The first one was planning for obstacles. And the second one, who do you need help from to accomplish this goal? And with the athletes that I've worked with and even the young people I've worked with when they have goals is I ask them, who do you need help from? Because again, I feel that social media and society keeps telling everybody, you can do this all on your own. You can do this, just be the lone wolf, pick yourself up by your bootstraps. And I disagree with that so much because you can't learn, you, you have to learn from other people. You're in a position where you're starting something new or you're in a, a sport and maybe you're 15 years old. There's people out there that have done it a lot longer. So even if it's YouTube or masterclass or whatever, you're still learning from someone else and you have to ask those questions. So Jeff, thank you for bringing that up because it's critical. And I know I've reached out to you and, and I even reached out to Tammy. I'm like, do you know of any groups that are doing the coaching that we're doing that is a, there's a conference right. or something, because I just, we, we have to learn from other people and, you know, just seeing people, they don't have to be light years ahead of you for you to learn from. They just need to be a step ahead of you and say, okay, how did you get there? And then you can learn there. And then you just keep compounding over and over. Exactly. Yeah. It's the whole, you don't know what you don't know. And that's the whole idea behind mastermind groups is you can learn so much from other people. And it might just be one little thought that triggers your whole future. And, and as you mentioned, coaches, there's, you know, I, I uh, had the opportunity, my daughter, when we moved down to Arizona, she played on a club basketball team in California. And we connected with one of the coaches there that every weekend we went out to practices, he would do a one-on-one -on -one practice with her and taught her a lot of stuff that me as a coach hadn't been able to teach her. And so, yeah, it's so powerful. Well, and you just brought up another thing that's incredibly powerful is to find someone that's a third party resource that you can hear because you've disconnected the emotion of a friend, of an acquaintance. It's okay. I'm hiring you to help me and to challenge me. And then you have to be willing to do that. And I feel also as a parent, we should be looking for help because our kids aren't going to listen to us. They don't for generations. My parents didn't listen to their parents and their parents didn't listen to their <laughs> parents. It's the same story over and over. And when you can have somebody, you know, like yourself as a coach, even on a team, that's why when you, talk to these people in, and they're in their adulthood, they talk about the teachers that had a huge influence on their life, the coaches that had an influence on their life, their aunts, their uncles, their neighbors, all these people, because they're not their parents and they're willing to receive and hear because it's not that emotional connection of you're my parent and you're just trying to tell me what to do. Yeah, exactly. And you know what, in the Confident Athlete Program, that's actually why we created a module for parents. Because I think there's always going to be that you don't know, mom, you don't know, dad, coach knows or whatever. But if you can be speaking the same language, it makes a difference. And that's why, you know, on our live coaching calls, a lot of the parents are on the calls with their kids, which is awesome. Because, you know, if we're talking about your self-talk, it's great for them to hear the whole concepts because it might be 
just saying something before or after a game, just, you know, remember when, what's important next or what's important now. And it might be just that little key thing. And it's like, you know what? It's not coming from mom or dad. It's coming from what they learned on the confident athlete program, the same place I learned it. They're just reminding me. And so it makes a difference. What are some tips that you, you share with parents in, I guess, leveraging what you're already teaching them, but then how they can approach their, their young people as they are pursuing their dreams and goals. It's really developing the trust and the relationship and helping them to know that you're in it for them. Um, because you know, there, that's one of the things I love talking with student athletes about, because you start getting to the point where they're starting to excel at their skill and they're, they're getting to be really good. And I'll ask them, you know, why did you start playing? And it's always, Oh, I just loved it. It was so much fun. Well, why are you playing now? Is it for the same reason? And then I'll ask them, who are you playing for? Because oftentimes as they get older and better, they're not playing for themselves anymore. They're playing because they're trying to do it for a coach. They're trying to do it for a parent. And I think it's important for the parents to remember, you know, if you, if you want to see them reach their full potential, they've got to be doing it for themselves. They've got to be doing it because they love it. They want it. You know, I often have parents ask me, okay, I want them in this confident athlete program. How do I make sure that they're going through the modules? How do I make sure they're on the live coaching calls? They've got to want it. And I, I talk to them about their why, you know, and our mental strength success secrets, it's a free part of the program that we give away to people that want to try it out. We, I have, I give them the seven levels deep exercise to help discover their true why, because that's an important part. Why are you doing what you're doing? Because if you don't have a strong enough why, it, it's a challenge. But from the parent perspective, you know, one one of the, the other tools we use, and I, I've used this as a coach, and I use it as a as a dad as well with my kids, is the five and one. Because um, do you know Mark McKinney? I don't. Okay, you, you'll, you we need to make the connection. He's got a great book, The Drive Home. And it's all, you know, that drive home with the, uh, with the athlete afterwards, it can be dreadful for those athletes. But one of the things, it's easy to get in the vehicle afterwards and talk about all the things that went wrong or all the things they did wrong. But this is another exercise that Tammy taught me with the five one is just say, okay, what are five things? What, regardless of the outcome of the competition, what are five things that went good? And what's one thing that you feel you can work on? End a conversation, just end it there. And I think it's a powerful tool for parents to use with their athletes. Yeah. And that's so good as, as a parent, you have to also recognize what your, your young person needs. My son's a processor and after a game, definitely if it's a loss, he just has to sit there and we just have to be quiet and it's hard. Yeah. It's really hard because you want to talk about and everything that you've seen. And I learned this other this other great question or a, a great statement is, Hey, when you're, if you're interested, I do have some thoughts about the game and I'd love to share them with you. And that's it. And if yeah. they want to hear, then they'll come back. And if they don't, they don't, no big deal. You know, it's up to the coach and up to them to be able to go through that. And I do really like the five and one because that works even 
again, if your young person isn't an athlete and you pick them up from school, it's, Hey, what were five things that went well today? And, you know, when my daughter was younger and I used to, you know, read to her before we go to, before she went to bed and now she's 13 and is a, doesn't want much to do with us, (laughs) but before (laughs) bed, she would ask, and this came from her. She was like, daddy, what was your favorite part of the day? And it was such a powerful question that challenged me to think I had to think about what was my favorite part of the day. And I love that question. You know what I had a, when I, when I lived in Canada, I had a kid and he was a high school kid. Whenever he saw me, he'd say, what'd you learn today? And every time he said that, I would have to stop and think. And it was, yeah, it's really cool to what's the best part of your day. What did you learn today? Those are cool things to think about. Yeah. And I you forgot. Know, another, until you... as you're... Go ahead. I was just going to say another tool that I've used, and I've used this more, more with parents from a coaching perspective is yeah, let's talk about your kid's game. If you want to talk about it, that's great. Let's meet in 24 hours because after a game, the emotions are there, whether it's a parent coach or a uh, athlete coach or athlete parent, if you can wait and have that conversation when the emotions aren't high, I think it's a lot better conversation. Sure. And again, y'all, that has to do with life as well. <laughs> yep. you know, don't stir the pot right after something that's happened is just allow both parties to, to digest and compress and to be able to go through that. Well, Jeff, I want to be very sensitive and respectful of your time. Um, so what are some parting thoughts that you have for the audience? You know, what? um, athletics, life, business, whatever it is, the mental game is a key component of what you're doing. It's a key component of, of your happiness is what I, I really feel, you know, we're doing, why are you playing your sport? Why are you doing what you do? And we want to have that achievement and fulfillment altogether. And so I really think it's a piece of life that we really need to pay attention to and, you know, grow. Nope. That's fantastic. So how can people find you and follow you? Yeah, I'd love that. Uh, my website is jeffhagey.com. Um, the Confident Athlete Program, a um, couple things about that. If if that's something you're interested in, uh, I want to just make a free offer for that right now. As I mentioned earlier, the Mental Strength Success Secrets, it's basically a package that goes through 20 ways to master your self-talk, 20 ways to work on your body language. We have a visualization script in there. Um, a preparation checklist, and then the seven levels deep training to help you really discover your why. You can get all of that for free, plus a two-week trial of the Confident Athlete Program with no commitment. And that's just at confidentathleteprogram.com. And then on Instagram, it's Jeff Hagee Coaching. Okay, that's awesome. And everybody, I'll get all that information from Jeff, put it in the show notes. So if you're interested, you can just go down there and click the links. Jeff, I hang tight after I hit stop, but I really want to say I appreciate the time that you've spent with me today. I've got a page full of notes. It's great. And there's no question that the audience gained value today. Well, thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to get on here and visit with you. It was fun. Yep. I appreciate it. Thank you. 